As a general rule, I usually, depending on the size of the organization, I think strategy is a more effective area to be able to outsource because typically your team and depending on your bench, if you, usually this is true with smaller teams, David, and smaller benches, but usually those teams are comprised of mostly people that are very, very skilled in execution. That's why they were hired to come in and perform a certain role. And oftentimes their supervisors aren't usually the ones that are maybe more skilled at a strategy or a management level. And so I think those employees that are really in-house have the capacity to be able to manage well, but oftentimes I see when we are partnering with other organizations, gaps and holes in the overall strategy just because they're not trained or they're not thinking that way. The Strategic Marketing Show is brought to you by Insights for Professionals, providing access to the latest industry insights from trusted brands, all in a customized, tailored experience. Find out more over at insightsforprofessionals.com. Hey, it's David. How do you decide which marketing tasks you should outsource and which tasks you should keep in-house? That's what we're discussing today with a lady who takes a strategic and data-driven approach to identifying a business's primary goals, translating them into actionable KPIs that move the needle. She's had her clients featured in Forbes, Entrepreneur and Huffington Post, and her agency is a Facebook verified marketing partner. A warm welcome to the Strategic Marketing Show, Ashley Monk. Thank you for having me, David. Excited to be here. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show um, again, Ashley. Uh, you can find uh, Ashley over at onyamark.com. So I alluded to the fact that you've been on the show already, Ashley. Congratulations, the first ever return guest on the Strategic Marketing Show. Thank you. It's great to be back again. It's always a pleasure. Super. Well, Ashley was on episode number one talking about shifting expectations in the paid traffic space. So go and check out that episode if you haven't done so already. So Ashley, if a business can afford it and they have as big a marketing team as they want, shouldn't they just do everything in-house? It's such a great question, David. And I think the answer is no. I think it can be very challenging when you've got a team. It's almost like the analogy I like to use is if you've ever been taking, trying to take a group photo and you've got 20 people that are all aligned, you're trying to get the camera timer on and all squeeze in the photo, it can be really hard to make sure everybody's in the right spot, everyone is seen. And I think sometimes it takes a photographer or someone outside of that shot to bring in needed perspective. And I think the same is true of your marketing. I think it can become very easy, even with very great and strong teams that you can get used to and accustomed to doing things a certain way that you can kind of get in a rut. And quite frankly, there are changes and things that might be happening in your industry that it can be really hard to see from within happening outside. And so regardless of team size, I think there's definitely a time and a place to bring in one, if not several partners to help you evaluate what those gaps and holes might be, because sometimes it's hard to be aware of those blind spots ourselves. That's why they're called blind spots. I love the analogy. I like taking a, a group photo. And for some organizations, it's probably like taking a group photo with little children. 
Yes. Oh, yes, for sure. Depending on the caliber, the capacity of the team, you're exactly right. And going and feeding on that analogy, little children like to please their parents. They like to do well. And so I think that's another factor when you're looking at your marketing team is that sometimes there's going to be a little bit of biased feedback to try to appease a direct report or supervisor. And so that's another area that it can be nice to get an outside opinion to potentially push back on or just evaluate things that might be differently. So every marketing team within an organization, no matter how big, should be outsourcing some tasks. So how do you go about selecting which tasks to outsource? It's a multifaceted question. And I think a lot of the time, sometimes it can be determined by capacity. So who is on your bench? How much capacity, time, and resources do they have for a particular project? And then the other component to consider is skill and talent. You might have someone on your team that is great at SEO and backlinking and creating inbound strategies, but maybe there's a gap in something like media buying or digital analysis. And so I think looking at capacity and talent are two important factors to consider. The other area that I think as a general rule, I usually, depending on the size of the organization, I think strategy is a more effective area to be able to outsource because typically your team and depending on your bench, if you, usually this is true with smaller teams, David, and smaller benches, but usually those teams are comprised of mostly people that are very, very skilled in execution. That's why they were hired to come in and perform a certain role. And oftentimes their supervisors aren't usually the ones that are maybe more skilled at a strategy or a management level. And so I think those employees that are really in-house have the capacity to be able to manage well. But oftentimes I see when we are partnering with other organizations, gaps and holes in the overall strategy, just because they're not trained or they're not thinking that way. And so As a general rule, I think oftentimes, and there are, of course, always exceptions and every organization is different, strategy is very effective to be able to outsource and then management at some point, usually the goal is to be able to bring that in-house when the team and when it makes sense. Okay, uh, so my follow-up question was going to be, what tasks shouldn't you outsource? Um, You just touched upon management as, as perhaps one of them there. I think so. There Now, there are times and places, I think, where management can be outsourced. For one, if the team does not exist or has capacity or maybe there's a hole, I think management can be effective to outsource. And we do a lot of management ourselves, so this is common. I think also when there are strong outcomes and KPIs, which I'm sure we'll talk about later in place, I think management can be outsourced. But a lot of times, I think that companies, depending on size and scale and what their goals are, can do management in-house with the right team more effectively, unless the scope provides it. And there's very, very consistent meetings with the outside team um, and just frequent follow-up and communication. I think little tasks as well, it just might be more cost-effective to do in-house. So I know Sometimes on the content creation side, when we partner with other organizations, there are times when we'll own the management, but other times we'll own the content piece and it can be more affordable for the organization to have someone else internally scheduling, reporting, and doing some of that work. It really just 
depends on the team, the structure, and the priorities. But I think ultimately it boils down to what are the core outcomes that we want to accomplish when we are working on a particular project or trying to work toward common goals, looking at the bench and who is sitting on the bench and then making decisions to be able to outsource and then be able to keep internally. And that rule of thumb is mostly given due to cost, knowing that usually a strategist or a higher level technical hire for someone outside of an organization is going to be a larger investment than an employee to execute. And so that's where outsourcing to an agency may be a better way to steward resources where you can have an employee that's a little bit closer to your organization doing some of that tasks for cheaper than it would be to outsource to an outside partner. You mentioned that you'd probably want to cover KPIs later. Not particularly wanting to lead you into an answer, but um, you may want to include that here. And that is, um, how do you ensure that communication is as clear and uh, as effective as possible to ensure that um, maybe negative aspects of silos don't occur? This is such a good question because this really, when I see, because sometimes we'll work with organizations to evaluate their agency a record, we'll be partnering and collaborating with other agencies And sometimes clients will simply leave one agency and come partner with us. And usually, David, the number one thing that I see on why they're doing this isn't necessarily because the agency or the work was bad work. It was just a lack of clarity around outcomes and poor communication. So many mistakes and so many challenges with silos really just stem from communication. And so there are several things and factors I believe can be put in place to be able to structure better communication. Number one is not only setting clear expectations regarding outcomes upfront with milestones and deadlines, and then who, which stakeholder is going to be responsible. I think also frequent meetings with all teams early on are very important to create trust and rapport, but also to align when maybe there's lack of clarity on an outcome or scope. Sometimes, depending on who's hiring and working with a partner in a silo, there might be a technical expert that is used to certain terminology and maybe the person hiring misuses that terminology. And so while they think that they're on the same page, they're getting so far into technical weeds that having frequent meetings about those outcomes is a really effective way to recalibrate on what the purpose is. And I think another one that's very simple that comes back to communication is really the root fix is more frequent reporting. A lot of agencies and a lot of partners um, and in organizations as well, it's easier to evaluate on a 30 or a 60 day cycle or even at the end of a campaign. And while this is a really effective way to look at outcomes and overall goals, I think it's too infrequent to be able to make quick and rapid changes. And so I recommend for certain projects, especially early on, to actually engage in weekly reporting and weekly updates. And it doesn't have to be on the scale that you would do an entire very comprehensive report. But this type of data and findings and also translating how those findings are rooted in outcomes can really shorten some of those mistakes so that you're not in a relationship or a silo that two months down the road, we find out that both parties were not aligned on outcomes. So to sum it up, I would say frequent meetings, meetings with all vendors as well, communicating outcomes over and over again, and then early on frequent reporting as well can really help eliminate silos and make everyone on the same page regarding what the outcome is. What are the most important reasons why marketing activities, certain marketing activities should be outsourced? Uh, I would think that top of mind um, of most marketing leaders would be perhaps 
saving costs, but um, perhaps actually things can be done more efficiently, perhaps more predictably as well, or are, are, are there other better reasons why things should be outsourced? That's such a good question. I would say it comes down to not only cost, but also talent and capacity. You look at, let's take a 10 person marketing team, for instance, usually, or maybe an eight person team, you'll have a director of marketing, maybe a VP of marketing as well, that's going to be the senior leader. You'll have a marketing manager that's going to own KPIs reporting for a lot of the outcomes. Typically you'll have maybe a developer, somebody that's owning website, maybe brand. You'll have someone for social media. You'll have someone for content. Um, but typically, you're not hearing in that list. You're hearing a lot of generalists, but not necessarily specialists. And so for an organization with a marketing team of 10 people, they may not have a developer on their team with 10 to 20 years of experience or a UX UI designer or a senior paid media specialist that's an expert on a channel specifically like LinkedIn ads or Google ads. And so I think when it comes to outsourcing, if you have a very specific outcome and your bench doesn't have a niche or a category expert, that is when it can make sense to outsource, not only from a talent perspective, because that person you outsource is probably going to have a more efficient, a better process with proven frameworks and just, again, have repeated a lot of strategies and tactics across different industries. They also actually will be more affordable because that type of hire in-house, I mean, I'm trying to think of what an average salary for a developer would be, 120 to 200,000 plus US dollars a year. While you outsource that to an agency for even a project or a fraction of that, you're saving thousands of dollars to have that outsourced and have that work be done efficiently by a team of people. So I think those are just some examples of factors to consider when you're deciding to act, to outsource. I would think that a perceived negative consideration about outsourcing could be actually loss of specialist knowledge. So if you're outsourcing that specialist function, digital marketing, new media marketing, can change very quickly. And the thing that works particularly well now may not be the thing that you should be focusing on in a year's time or so. Um, so how as a management team do you retain that knowledge, that cutting edge knowledge of what areas you should be focusing on and at the same time outsourcing the function of doing it? Oh, that's such a good question. I think one, one common thing that I see marketing teams get into a red of is just not prioritizing time for extended and continued education. And I know that it sounds simple, but I think it's so important to make that mandatory for your teams to stay up to date, to have an hour time blocked on the calendar to make it just as important. Or if you're using um, a management system like EOS, the employee operating system, or some other framework to track employee or team KPIs, it's really important that your team is prioritizing their overall extended education to make sure that they're up to date with these things. I think having using tools like Google Alerts to getting things sent to your email, signing up for relevant email lists, those are great. They sound simple, but so few people take the time to really prioritize that learning. And I also think that's an area that you could also consider outsourcing to a consultant or someone else to help you be aware of maybe on a project basis, what those trends are and things to look for, for maybe the six months to 12 months. And even to bring in a specialist to help you 
identify those things before your organization is undergoing strategic planning. I think it can be very helpful to get second opinions on those areas. Now you run your own agency on your mark. Um, so marketing departments outsource work to you. Um, so you end up being the silo. So how can you better educate people who are actually outsourcing the work to you about um, perhaps how to communicate more effectively or how they can deliver uh, and choose certain tasks that they're asking for you to do? This is such a great question. I think the first big mistake and paradigm shift that needs to come before an organization considers outsourcing is oftentimes they consider outsourcing and want to throw money at a problem and hope an outside partner can fix it. And while you are hiring a partner to do a job, if there's not that investment there from the organization outsourcing to where there's going to be early on the relationship, congruency and alignment of outcomes, it's going to be very hard for any partner that you bring in to be able to serve you effectively because they don't know what they don't know. If the person outsourcing is uninvolved or uninvested in that process, it really can set up the agency for failure. And so I would say, and just make the recommendation that you don't want to just light money or throw money at a problem. You want to make sure there's equal investment, especially early on in that relationship to make that outsourced partner to be able to come in successful. I would say the next one is if you're outsourcing, being open to being very clear on what the overall outcome is, but being open-minded and open-handed on the best tactic or solution to be able to solve that. Oftentimes, marketing directors, VP of marketing, whoever that decision maker is, can become very accustomed to tactics that might, to what we just spoke about, are maybe outdated and maybe irrelevant. And they're very, very... They want to move forward with a certain solution, but that solution may not be the right solution. So I would say open-mindedness. And finally, very frequent communication early on. I would say on our side, things that we do in other agencies listening, or if someone's outsourcing recommendations and requests that you can make to the agency that you choose to connect with or the consultant that you're working with, would be looping them in and asking them to connect with all vendors or team members early on. I think it's important. I know for us, when we work with clients to know if they're working with a videography team or if they have other outside partners, maybe it's a web development company that we can be connected or even meet with those professionals so that we're all aligned on outcomes that can be very helpful. Oftentimes too, we'll communicate with those teams. Um, we'll loop in the marketing director, but if we're working on a certain project, we'll go back and forth and correspond with those teams too, and it can make it more efficient. And then finally, Making sure, I think one very simple thing and solution that decision makers can do is create an agency brief. I know when we've worked on larger projects and there have been multiple vendors and multiple teams in place, having a very long brief for everyone to look at regarding who is owning what, who the stakeholders are and what the overall deadlines are and meeting on that and going through that in detail can really, really effectively help those teams work together. I love how I can throw Ashley off the cuff questions that I hadn't prepped her with beforehand. And not only can she answer them succinctly, she can also actually provide um, three or four step sequences of um, solutions to each answer. So um, very impressive indeed. Um, just um, briefly, probably for this one, Ashley, um, how has outsourcing changed over the last few years? And what do you see specifically changing about outsourcing over the next few years? Thank you for your kind words, first of all, David. I appreciate it. And then as far as outsourcing changing, 
you know, I think it's going to become more and more common. I think that especially with how rapid we can all agree, the digital landscape is changing constantly. I think there are two really important considerations to keep in mind with outsourcing changing. Number one is going to be the economy and their economy retracting a bit, different industries being affected like tech and different layoffs that are happening. I think outsourcing is going to become more common to consider and to keep costs down. And I think that'll be a really good way that organizations can really save Uh, When you think about it, when you're hiring an outsourced partner, you're getting a team of experts for the fraction of what a one specialist hire could be. So I would say one trend will be that core roles will potentially stay in-house, but other agencies will be outsourced for specific projects and also for that niche talent. I think the other major change David, that this one will be very interesting to see how it will play out over the next three years because it might be too early, but chat GPT and AI, that is a whole other conversation. But I think that that is really over the next few years going to change drastically the landscape of agencies and what a partnership could look like. I know there was, I want to say that it was BuzzFeed, but an organization that laid off and let go probably 10% of their workforce to eliminate the need for content writers because chat GPT and AI could produce a lot of that. And so I, I've, it's been interesting to I've heard it said that up until this point, a lot of the jobs that have been replaced in the market have been blue collar jobs. When you think about technology advancements, you think about trucks and you'll see self-driving trucks. And so that the need for labor is eliminated. And so what's going to be very interesting over the next three to five years and outsourcing and for marketing teams in general is this is the first advancement that is really coming for white collar professional roles. And so I think what is going to shift when it comes to outsourcing is there's going to be less need for a lot of maybe the redundant capacity work with creating, I don't want to say filler content, but just the content creation side and a far larger emphasis on strategy, on overall frameworks and more of the utilization of AI in the overall process with the advancements that have been happening. Superb stuff. Yeah, uh, BuzzFeed um, made an announcement back in December and um, it was culling about 12% of its workforce. And then they announced in January that it was going to use AI to enhance its content and quizzes. Um, you've also got, uh, we're recording this on the 14th of March, 2023. I know many people will be listening to this in 2030, possibly in the future. It'll be an interesting historical representation, perhaps, of um, <laughs> where we've come from. Um, but um, on today, actually, Meta have just announced that they're planning to lay off about 10,000 employees, that's about 13% of its workforce. So um, there, are, there are significant changes in tech and um, a lot of it in relation to automation and AI, I would think. Yeah, I would agree wholeheartedly that the the organizations, whether it's an agency or whether it's a marketing team that can leverage AI are going to be far, far ahead because it can really do. I use chat GPT. I don't know about you. I use it almost daily for quick research and for pulling trends. And so while that data can be found, it still takes a human strategist with of it's I the analogy that I've heard used and I can't take credit for it is like using a calculator. And when you use a calculator, you obviously need to know what formulas to input, what to be able, what equations and what you're solving for. But the calculator expedites the actual work itself much faster. And so I think the need for 
overall knowledge in a certain vertical is going to stay. And so it's really an exciting time for us to advance in our overall knowledge, knowing that less time can be used for some of the maybe more menial tasks and entry level work. Yeah, that's a great analogy again. And um, another way of putting it, I guess, is uh, the quality of what you get out is only going to be equivalent to the quality of questions and information that you put in. That's such a great point. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Ashley Monk over at onyamark.com. Ashley, thanks so much for being on the Strategic Marketing Show. Thank you again for having me. And thank you for listening. Here at IFP, our goal is simple. To connect you with the most relevant information to help solve your business problems all in one place. Insightsforprofessionals.com.